0: Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with on Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, we're in downtown Milwaukee this week on Urban Spelunking, at the Wisconsin Tower. This is on 6th and Wisconsin Avenue. It's a beautiful 1929 Art Deco building. At one time, this was the the biggest building in in town, or the second biggest building in town. Yeah, City
1: Hall was... The biggest. This was the second biggest.
0: And um, tallest. When this was being built in the the late 20s, it was getting all sorts of media attention. It was kind of the best of the best at the time.
1: Yeah, Milwaukee. At least Milwaukee newspapers were fascinated with this place from the from like the very announcement of it. To the getting its permits, to construction starting, progress reports, grand opening information. Uh, newspapers were just full of information about this building.
0: And we should mention too, of course, the building is still there today. It is still there. It's, yeah. it's yep. uh, you. Uh, you all know it. Yep, it's on Sixth in Wisconsin. And at the time when when it was being constructed, it was you know boasted some of the fastest elevators in the game. Yes, the, um, the
1: coverage of the elevators is the best part. <laughs> like all like all of the media stuff starts to talk about the elevators once that inf- information comes out. How they're like among the fastest in the country, along with those at, at the Empire State Building, which was being built at roughly the same time, um, and that they had telephones in them. Yes, that you would be able to call for help. Oh, no, actually, it wasn't even to call for help if you got stuck, which you were guaranteed not to get stuck, <laughs> Right? they pointed out. But these were so that you could call home and tell your spouse, your wife, that you would be late. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the modern conveniences. Of, yes. So when it opens, it was an office building, um, home to, like, doctor's offices and retail and, and just, you know, office space.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting is it was built um, on land that had been long owned by the Mariner family, which was a real estate uh, company, John Mariner, was a, a big real estate mogul in Milwaukee. Um, and they built the Mariner building in Easttown, which is now home to Hotel Metro. Oh, okay. And when they opened that, they talked about how it had all these sort of modern conveniences for specialized doctor's office suites. Oh, I remember us talking um, about that. Yeah. And yeah. so this, I think, this, they didn't talk about that as much, but they did say that there were specific floors were meant for doctors and dentist's office, which sort of implies that there was a similar sort of technological... Bent to that, but then all the other floors were just general office space, um, and the first floor had a really big restaurant in it. You know, so it was a it was probably a hop in place when it opened.
0: Yeah, and one of the most interesting tenants I think to to talk about is uh, QFM WQFM, yes, a radio station, later. right? Yeah, this much is in the seventies, 70s, 70s, right? Seventies, eighties, um, with a pretty well known. Uh, DJ lineup, people knew them. Yeah, Bob Bob
1: Reitman was there. Downstairs, Dan was there before he was at WMSC. Um, Yeah, lots of people.
0: And there was this really interesting radio stunt that they pulled off.
1: This was the era of radio stunts, right? Right, right. right. when I, people were like blowing up disco records and things like that. <laughs> you know, um, miss those days. You know, yeah. uh, uh, so what happened? So Tim, the rock and roll animal, decides he wants the. You know, the Who has announced a tour, and the Who has apparently hard as as this is to believe, the Who had never been in Milwaukee at that point. Really? This okay. is like 1982. Okay. And the Who had never been to Milwaukee, which is astonishing, since they've been touring the United States probably since at least '68. Anywho. They announced their tour, and Milwaukee's not on it. So Tim, the rock and roll Tim, the rock and roll animal, is not happy about this. So he decides he is going to sit out on some really narrow, like twenty-first story ledge. Which uh, was something of like an informal break room, I guess, for the DJs. Really? The people who worked at the station would just, when they needed a break, they'd kind of just go sit out there and okay. just mellow out, maybe have a cigarette or whatever. But if you see it now, it's really, really narrow. I mean, you can sit in it and it's got a little parapet wall that, I mean, you won't fall off of it. But you don't want to be out there right. nonstop. You could
0: fall off of it. He
1: was out there forever, for like two weeks.
0: And he was broadcasting, right? Like he was on the air doing a show out there?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that he was broadcasting nonstop for right.
0: two weeks. But, but he was out there. But right. I assume
1: he didn't take vacation days, so he was probably <laughs> must have been broadcasting from out there. So anyway, there's a great photo, though. This, was, this got tons and tons of coverage in the local media. you know. Yeah. And there's a great photo out there of Tim the Rock and Roll Animal leaning <laughs> in through a window that leads out to the ledge. And he's on the phone with Roger Daltrey from The Who wow so like somehow the who finds out about this and roger daltrey calls and says we're going to add Mil- because of you we're going to add milwaukee to our itinerary and they did in fact play at uh at the arena in 1982.
0: in the next section of urban spelunking we're going to talk about a really prominent restaurant that operated in the highest profile uh, part of this building that the big corner uh on six in wisconsin a restaurant called Lakota's, which uh, was the place to be for decades. That's coming up next in Bits Be Lucky. 88.9's new podcast series, Backspin. The search for Milwaukee's first hip-hop song is now available everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in and at RadioMilwaukee.org slash Backspin. Stream all six episodes now. Let's go to the movies. Cinnabuds is a podcast about movies. In each episode... You never know what you're going to get. Every Wednesday, with 88.9's Justin Barney and Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. Each episode, they take you on a quest. What kind of quest? A quest of danger, excitement, thrills, wonder, adventure. And if you want to join their journey on the latest movies, just tune in to CineBuds at RadioMilwaukee.org podcasts. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 prize. And we're back on Urban Spelunking, 6 in Wisconsin at the Wisconsin Tower A 1929 Art Deco, uh, really at the time, like Milwaukee's Empire State Building, like we were saying. It was the second tallest building um, in the city. And at the time, there was this, it didn't open with Lakota's, right? No, Lakota's opened a few years later. There was
1: initially some sort of restaurant in there, and then another one was in there briefly. Um, And then Harry Lakota, who already owned a number of restaurants around town, opened it as sort of a uh cocktail lounge, restaurant, nightclub kind of place. Okay. Um and he owned another place down the street on Fifth in Wisconsin that was called the High Life Spa. Uh oh, I right. owned that for a while. Um but um Lakota's was was just this huge place that had a stage at one end, like a really, really long cocktail bar um on one side. Um it was for a long time it was the place to go and the the they had tons of different kinds of music there all different styles of music there but they became known uh especially as a place that had booked uh the sort of jump blues r&b pioneer louis jordan oh wow okay before he'd hit it big and he was only supposed to play there for a little bit but then he during this time he got so popular that he just kept coming back and coming back and he became really associated with this place so when um the folks at the Wisconsin Tower invited me to come over. Everybody's like, oh, that's where the QFM stuff happened and all this. But to me, I was like, Lakotas. I got to yes. find bits of Lakotas. <laughs> <laughs> so we went in that space and, um, and sort of it luckily just, it's been it, torn apart. Okay.
0: Say that again. I interrupt you.
1: Oh. Um, so we went in the space and luckily it's been sort of torn apart, like down down to just like the the walls and the bare floor and all that. Okay. Because um, it most recently had been like – uh, some sort of continuing education uh program was in there, and there was a bank in there before that, so all of the lakotas' era stuff was was long gone but because they tore everything out on some of the pillars, you could see old wallpaper, yeah, and you could see, and they tore out all the flooring that had been added over the years since, so you could see the the tiling in the floor yeah. and you could, the old entrance to lakotas was recessed. Like the corner of the building was sort of cut off so that you could enter Mm -hmm. there. You can see on the floor where that entrance used to be from where the tile is different. So it was really interesting to go in and you could kind of see where the bar was and where there used to be an entrance into the lobby. Um, So it was super fun to go in there and like take the one or two pictures I'd ever seen of Lakotas with me and try and recreate them and try and figure out where everything was in that room. And then to just sort of close your eyes and imagine Louis Jordan in there. Yeah, and planned. we're talking
0: we're talking like thirties, forties. Yeah, it they, opened
1: in the thirties and ran up until about the end of the fifties. Okay. Roughly
0: speaking, yeah. So hoppin' place. It was yeah. the place to be. I, I could just picture you like walking around in there, like looking for little bits of wallpaper. Like I was. that's so Bobby Tenzilo. I know, and there was
1: there <laughs> were a, at least three different kinds that I found in there. None of which appeared to match the wallpaper that was in the one photo I could see of the decor of Lakota's. Um, but they were clearly really old, which makes me wonder if if they're not from Lakota's era, they were probably from one of the two restaurants that was there before Lakota's, because it. it looked too old to be post-Lakota's.
0: And Lakota is the name of the guy that that opened it, uh, yeah, a Greek he was, immigrant. Yeah, he
1: was a Greek immigrant, and he came here, and he um, lived in a hotel downtown for a really long time, and he ran a place um, next to the old Schlitz Palm Garden, and then he had another place down on, like, uh, 3rd and Michigan and then the the place in the on Third uh, Street ended up getting torn down, and then that's when he later op- like a couple of months after that he opened Lakota's, and then like I said he also had this place called the Spa on Fifth in Wisconsin that um, outlived him. Like after he died, it it continued on for a while too. And in the '60s, the High Life Spa was a place for rock and roll bands to play.
0: And you mentioned that. most And Then the- it
1: became a strip club. Oh. <laughs>
0: Nice, nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Um, so you mentioned that Lakota, uh, during you know much of his life, like you said, was was centered around this intersection of Wisconsin and Third, right? Yeah, or like sixth.
1: Yeah, well, like well, he, be, from like Wisconsin Avenue from Third to Sixth, yeah. basically was where he was living his entire life. He like he lived right there. He had all these businesses that were right in this one little area. He must have been a guy that everybody who lived and worked in that area must have known because he was so sort of ubiquitous in there
0: so time passes um i i you mentioned in the in the piece that he got um in trouble for some excise taxes that weren't paid for his cabaret license was that the, that wasn't the strip club though right that was like- um
1: no, that was the high life spa okay yeah, that was the high life spa that that was, but he seemed to have every one of his businesses seemed to have uh there were it was fairly common to see notices in the paper of him filing bankruptcy or people you know like I don't know if it was a, because of the time that he was working in or the fact that he was trying to run too many too many things all at once. I don't know, but he he did seem to struggle with some financial woes. Well there was but the, he, he made successful businesses out of all these places too at the same time.
0: There was kind of the the Great Depression in this area. There was that. <laughs> so that kind of yeah. probably had an impact on his yeah, business. Yeah, some of owners. this stuff
1: happened after that, but still like, you know, it it couldn't have been easy to run those multiple businesses like that.
0: Well, podcasts on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from On Milwaukee and your membership. You can subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts, including our newest episodic podcast, Backspin, the search for Milwaukee's first hip-hop song. Bob, you've listened to the podcast, right? It's
1: awesome. That
0: is incredible. There you go. We got a testimonial from Bobby. I love it. Bobby loves it. It's awesome. You can go uh, listen to Backspin and all of 889's podcasts at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts. On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Nate.